Welcome to At the Root with Greg Kuiper of Kuiper Counseling. Greg is a practicing psychotherapist and holistic life coach who has learned through professional practice and personal experience that without connection to self, real connection with others is near impossible because emotional connection is at the root of healthy living. Do you have a question or a comment? You can call in to 425-373-5527 or feel free to go to KuiperCounseling.com. And here is the man of the half hour, Greg Kuiper. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Hi, Stacy. Hello, hello, hello. All right. Are we ready to just dive right in? Why not? We've only got 30 minutes. Right? Uh, exactly. You're a man of the half hour. Okay. So <laughs> I always like starting when la- where we last left off. Uh, yeah. We... We're talking about um, partners um, in relationship. They're living this grand illusion, you referred to it, um, which basically means that each each partner, if I recall correctly, has their own illusion and sometimes multiple illusions that they're living. And then basically you put them together and you get this grand illusion. Um, and what you've been doing and what you've been talking about is getting to the bottom of these illusions and being able to recognize them for what they are and work on them. Am I, how am I doing? Am I getting this? You're getting it. Right. Working on the individual illusions of the partners Yep. helps to uh, dissolve that grand illusion, right? Yes. Makes it hard to recognize and there are yeah. things that are just, they're so ingrained that they're scary, subtle. Um, and what we start to realize is that um, the truth and illusion, clearly, it's fact and fiction, right, um, can't exist together. That's right. So, you know, as you... If we get rid of the illusion, we're left with truth. Right. And um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the illusion is what was, in many ways, created in order to cope. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. At some point in life, whether it's early childhood or it doesn't have to be early childhood, but many times it is, it, uh, we need a coping mechanism to, to deal with emotional, relational trauma, you know, child it's got to have some way to deal with it, right? Because they can't leave and mm-hmm. they don't get new parents. And well, sometimes they do, but yeah, you know what I mean? I know what you mean. Um, and then, of course, so then we have like, if that's not enough being human, then on top of it, <laughs> we have these, you know, we pair up with somebody and now we have our own illusions to deal with and their illusions and probably our illusions are triggering theirs and vice versa. And holy cow, it is a big, big mess. Yeah, that's that critical lip we talk about that can we can get into, right? And and uh, just a, the simplest of little things can be can explode into a giant weeks long argument or anger or frustration. Uh, simply because we're triggering this illusion in each other. Yeah. Right. Well, and 
you know, it's it's funny. It's like the things that are closest to us are hardest to see. So it's really hard to see those illusions. And then it's you also shared that when we do recognize that there's an illusion. I mean, I walked away from last week's episode like, oh, that's interesting. That's totally an illusion that I have. And it's it's so upsetting and so embarrassing how simple it is and it's also very confusing like how did i let this go on for so long right well and then we can kick into shame if we're not careful right and the experiencing that that shame can be a detriment to ongoing reflection if you will and and realization of, of triggers and illusions you know like you said how could i have been so stupid to not see this how could i have hurt so many people acting like this over the years. Shame is a painful feeling about oneself as a person. So it's a feeling about oneself as a person. Guilt is a painful feeling of regret and responsibility for one's actions. So in these instances, there's probably a little bit of both going on, right? In these questions, as we look back at living the illusion since potentially early childhood. The shame though, it is a self-punishing acknowledgement. And that's what's so hard about it. As we come to the realization of the illusions, we, we kind of dance around the edge of this rabbit hole, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Did I do that? Oh, no. How did I do that? Slipping and sliding around, right? And if we're not careful, we're going to take the plunge. And many times we go to the very bottom of this rabbit hole. And it's, it can be pretty difficult to claw our way out of there. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think of it as sort of like a cause and effect, right? So it's like the, you know, this shame, right, that you feel about <clears throat> having the illusion. And then all of a sudden you feel guilt for not figuring it out sooner and for then, you know, handling it the way that you have or taking it out on other people. Um, right. So, yeah, it's totally a rabbit hole. Right, yeah, and this can be particularly hard, right, for someone whose illusion deals with rejection or self-worth. And, and that's many people, right? This newfound realization of the illusion can reinforce an already damaged evaluation of ourself. Oh, yeah. So this is kind of a paradox of self-worth, right? We want to realize and work with the illusions in our life in order to be emotionally connected with ourselves and others. And in so doing, we can trigger the painful self-worth illusion we are living with. So it's, that's it, a, it can be complicated. Yeah, that's a conundrum. Like Yes, it is. Well, <laughs> and what's interesting is that, you know, we give ourselves a hard time um, in terms of our self-worth. And so it's already fragile. And the sad thing is, it's not like we've built ourselves up. We've just built ourselves up enough to cope. It's not even like we're coming from a real place of strength. It's like it's just enough to yeah, get by. Yeah, we're barely barely above water or whatever, right? We're treading. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and then when we get in a relationship where there's an, an avoidant attachment and an, and an anxious attachment in this relationship, and this is generally the thoughts and feelings that will happen to the anxiously attached partner as, as they uncover their illusions. Self-worth and rejection have long been prevalent, 
right, in this partner's existence mm-hmm. every day. That's why they're anxious. That's right. So how does this person probe their illusions without ending up at the bottom of the rabbit hole? So, and the only way to do it is gently, right, with lots of support and reassurance, which is what the anxious attachment partner needs. But is that something their partner is ready and willing to provide? Yeah, probably not at the moment. Well, they're discovering well, their yeah, they're discovering their own illusions. I was, yeah, I was and just going to say. Yeah, and one of their illusions is certainly not dealing with any emotional neediness of another person, right? It's it's, it's not. And uh, so, as the as this avoidantly attached partner discovers and reflects on their illusion of hiding and escaping from feelings and emotions. You know, most of the life they've been doing this, they struggle. So their exploration requires opening some long, shuttered, hiding places. If they knew how to feel shame or guilt, they would, but they don't. It is confusing and uncomfortable, and they go to, and it's their go-to in dealing with this confusion and uncomfortableness. And it's always been, don't deal with it, move on. You know, I'm, I don't need to feel this. Right. Let's, let's move on. But they are also learning, as is their partner, that in order for the relationship to work, they've got to look at these illusions. Yeah, it's hard in triggering. <laughs> it feels like a dance. It's like you know the. Um, the anxious person takes a step forward and then the avoidant person takes a step back. And, you know, it's like, and then they get basically up against a wall because the anxious person wants the reassuring and the other person wants to avoid it. And so then they end up with their back against the wall and, you know, they just want to disappear and ignore it. Right, right, right. So, you know, it seems like an impasse, but... With steady work performed in an arena of curiosity and exploration, we've talked about this, but and with the help of a profession, this can work. It can happen. And as I mentioned in an earlier show, there are times when I'm working with a couple, and it becomes very apparent that each needs separate individual counseling to help them with the discovery of their illusions. You know, done with. a different therapist for each. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it happens. There, are, But there are couples I can work with both individually and separately in the context of their individual illusions and their gratitude. But this takes both partners willing to be open with each other during this discovery, right? Being vulnerable as they discover vulnerability. That's not easy. But, but I'm finding more and more people can do this. Um, and, and, you know, it can be a really rewarding experience. And, and the progress is typically uh, more easily seen and thus kind of quicker in many instances. It seems it like... both partners. Go ahead. I, well, I was going to say, it does seem like, you know, as, you, as you've been walking us through the work that you've done with Steve and Charlotte, it seems like, you know... I had artichokes last night, so I'm going to use that as my analogy. It seems like, you know, the 
the artichoke that it's like it's a thistle, right? So it's all prickly and whatever, and it's all closed up and tight. And then, you know, it gets to a point where you start to like you trim the edges so that you can get to it. And then you kind of cook it, put it under a little pressure and it starts to open a little bit because it's basically forced to. And then you start gently peeling away and you get to the heart of the matter. And it seems like that's the work that you're doing that, you know, okay, let's let's cut off the thistles so that this is a safe space. And, you know, you've already reached a point in your relationship where you're under pressure, like you've decided that, okay, we got to do this. And you just that gentle pulling away process seems important. Yeah. And if both partners can set together in this analogy of metaphor and, and 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 open their artichokes together right mm-hmm. and get to their hearts down there together i love this this is great i'm going to use this thank you <laughs> sure <laughs> that'll be one million dollars oh wait yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> i get therapy with you every week basically so never mind we're even <laughs> <laughs> there does there, there has to be an openness to mutual accountability, right? I mean, if one person is blaming the other for the relationship's problems, they, when they come in, uh, the process will take longer, right? Because both are going to have to, if they want to work on it, both are going to have to realize that it takes two to tango, right? Yeah. Um, I mentioned important. the dance thing, you know, like. Yeah, like, yeah, that's right? it. So that's where I am with Char and Steve at this moment in their session discovering if they are capable and willing to dig deep individually in a together format. So I'll know as time progresses, right? There are times in this process that a stalemate can be reached, right? And Mm -hmm. one of the other partners just can't do their individual work in presence of the other. And when this happens, I mean, it happens a lot. I recommend they see individual therapists and we continue the couple sessions, right? Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, now, so with that, essentially, we've got three therapists working on this on these people on, on the situation, right? Right. Essentially, yours, mine, Which and ours can be difficult. But, yeah. Now, when that happens, is mm-hmm. somebody typically saying like, "I just can't open up in the same way," or are you able to see it through body language? Is it a combination of all of it? Combination of all of it, generally. Uh, yeah, I've seen it all kinds of ways where one partner just goes, I can't do this in here. I, 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 I've got to process this on my own. And that's just a signal right there for me to to help them find a therapist or whatever, or, um, yeah, there's, or sometimes I'll just notice it. We're not getting anywhere because we're doing the dance and, and the dance is, uh, discombobulated and they're not together on the floor and you know they're stepping on each other's toes so so here we are they come in and i say it seems like you two were experiencing some confusion about the discovery of your illusions last week steve jumped right in oh i'm confused all right i've been cruising along in life thinking i'm in control of myself and moving along quite nicely thank you so i thought now there is a step and i don't like it I've worked hard to be where I'm at. Good job, family, building retirement. I've got my share of toys and friends. So I replied, you said you've been thinking you're in control. 
And you have been. You've been doing a lot of thinking, and dare I say, overthinking for a long time. Ever since you can remember, your fine-tuned left brain processing has gotten you to where you are, the good and the bad. Interrupting me, he said, what do you mean about the bad? <laughs> Seems like you think I've done something wrong. No, Steve, I'd like for you to think of it as left something out. You said you've been cruising along in life thinking you're in control of yourself. How do you feel about being in control and moving along in your life? Well, I don't have a clue how to answer that. I feel fine about it. No, wait, don't say it. Fine isn't a feeling word. I know. I, know. <laughs> I feel confused because I don't know what to think. Let's not think for a minute. Let's see if we can feel. What's it been like all those years? Making everything happen. Getting things done. Being in control of your life and the lives of your family. He sighed. It's hard. Damn hard at times. Most of the time, actually, these days. So I asked, what, what makes it so hard, Steve? He answered quickly, because it's always me. Just doing it. Making life happen. Day in and day out. Mm. You do it all yourself. I do. I can keep it all going that way. So I pressed a little harder. What kind of emotion is there when you say that? It was a long pause. With his head down, he said, lonely. Mm. I didn't say anything. Char reached for a tissue to dab some tears. And we just sat there for a while. Silence is golden many times. Char then asked, can I say something? I nodded assent, and she went on. I can feel your loneliness, Steve. And it hurts. I don't want you to feel lonely. She choked and she said, I'm lonely too. And I need to share that with you. Hmm. Steve looked up at her. He didn't say anything. He didn't have to. He was right there on his face. He then shifted in his chair and looked at me. He was uncomfortable in this moment. You could certainly tell by his body language. I said, let's, both of us, all of us, let's step out of ourselves and look at what just happened. Like we're watching another couple go through this. Up above, we're looking down, watching them do exactly what's just happened. With one word, lonely. This guy stepped out of his stoic, I'm in control, illusion. For just a moment, just a minute. What happened in that moment? Steve looked over my shoulder. I guess they connected. And I said, and Char, as you look at this couple, what do you think happened with her looking down on this? Well, she was able to express her needs without any fear. So the guy stepped out of his illusion and she stepped out of her illusion. And what happened? 
connection. You said it together, oddly enough. It's kind of weird. I'm all verklempt. <laughs> I continued. It's not always this easy. In our day-to-day -day lives, with all our stressors and anxieties and pressures, we react much of the time. Our illusions are in control and we automatically react. These reactions trigger the other illusions, the other person's illusions. We want to find some awareness around these reactions, right? Mm -hmm. We can slowly talk about this in a session every week and, and, and come to some understanding, but during the week when we're so pressured and triggered with these reactions, that's when we can um, go right to our illusions and, and the critical loop can start, can start. So this next week, please find some quiet time individually. This is important, so please do this. It doesn't take long. To ponder common reactions you make to input from your partner. Maybe it's after you have one of these reactions, you, you make a note of it, or you just remember it and just make a note of it, preferably in some kind of journal. It doesn't have to be uh, uh, hard at all, just an app or a notebook, whatever you prefer, mm -hmm. unless you have a steel trap for a brain and can remember it. <laughs> Nope. What we want to do is, yeah, right. What we want to do, you two, is figure out how those reactions tie to your illusions and how those reactions trigger your partner's illusions. So, so that's their assignment for the week. And, and, and I would encourage everyone out there to just think about this. How Think about your common reactions to input from your spouse or anybody you're in a relationship with. I mean, something triggers you to react and it's just a common reaction, whether it's anger or rejection or sadness or whatever it is you react. And many times those reactions are something we wish we could take back so you know when they are. And, and see if you can make note of these during the week. Okay, um, so... I'm going to translate. So situations where like, you know, I say I'm heading up to bed and Pete doesn't hear me because he's watching ESPN. And then I end up with this whole illusion of what it's supposed to look like and that he's supposed to be like, OK, honey, I'll come up with you. And there's this whole <laughs> script that's in my head that he doesn't really have a chance. And so then I end up getting angry and being like, okay, well then see ya. And he's like, what? Like, which then makes him do the whole offensive defensive thing. So like that. Right. So your reaction is that uh, anger in this, in this, in this situation, I guess, right. The anger is what the, what the reaction. You well, rejection. Have. Cause I'm like, Hey, or rejection, right. Right. Like, right. why aren't you, you know, like, Pay attention to me. <laughs> and meanwhile, right. like his thing is, well, why aren't you sitting next to me and watching ESPN? Like you could play right. on your phone next to me on the couch just as easily as you could over there on the counter. Right. It's just the, the initial reaction to the other person that I want us to keep track of here. Okay. Uh, 
Uh, so many times it's very common. So, so uh, you know, and, and, and with these guys, they're easing into the understanding of their illusions. And at the same time, there was kind of a small win in here, right? With yeah. The moment and yeah. something, it's important to have something positive to take with them to help make it all seem worth pursuing further. So I always try to find something to let them go home with that way, too. No, I'm like, I'm going home with homework from Stephen Shar's session. So I'm stoked. Um, okay. All right. Well, I'll report back next week, and everybody else can no. too. Um, if there, you yeah, right, terrible. exactly. If you want to connect with Greg, you can go to KuiperCounseling.com, and you can connect with him. You can tell him how he how you did on your homework and what you think of the homework. In the meantime, Greg, tell the people. Everyone, just stay aware out there. There we go. See you next week. See you next week.